All right, welcome back. Another week of the bush. I think we're on week 11, which is always depressing to say every time we do this show. So, so week out, everyone. We did have one wash. What are my lines here? I think John and I went five and four, and Gorney went four and five, making our records. Let's see here. Gorney, 51, 57. John, 48, 60. And myself, 52 and 56. So we're hanging in. <laughs> ugly, ugly, ugly. Much as always, I'm Corey Gibbs. That's Adam Gorney, John Garcia. Let's get started on week 11. We start with a big one. Michigan going to Penn State, and Penn State gets four and a half. So we're starting with the bang here, huh? We're going right to the – the key is to draw the people through. They have to wait. To see hey, I'm a simple man. I go by times. Who's the first game of the day that we want to <laughs> – <laughs> uh, Yeah, I uh, – obviously one of the best games of the day. I wish it was a night game because then my wife and I would have flown – to it, uh, but it's a noon start. So we just don't know about Michigan yet. They haven't really played anybody. Um, you know, I, I just don't know what we know about them. We know about Penn State, though, and they're good, but they don't win big games. I mean, fr Franklin has proved in his career that he can go 10 and 2, but he can't beat Michigan and Ohio State regularly. I think this Michigan team is actually pretty decent. Um, you know, they've beaten up on some teams that are halfway decent this year. Not anyone all that good. If this game was a night game and a whiteout and all those kinds of things, I might take Penn State with the points at home. Um, but I'm going to take Michigan here. I kind of see a 35-28 kind of game. Yeah, I agree. Everything that has been thrown at Michigan this year hasn't phased the players on the field as far as we can tell. Um, and look, they're really good. You know, I think that's kind of the subscript of this whole controversy is that they're in line for a playoff berth, that game against Ohio State, all of that buildup appears to be sort of locked in. So in order for that to happen, uh, they got to be Penn State. I mean, it's as simple as that. Uh, and the points aren't too scary. I thought this could have been a touchdown spread. So to see it under that, I think, is is obviously respect to that Penn State defense and and the value of playing in, in Happy Valley. But I'll still take Michigan. I think they're just bound for, you know, an undefeated clash with Ohio State. Uh, and as a journalist, I'm here for all those storylines leading up to that. Yeah, I'm going to start off the show with my Joe take. Uh, Penn, uh, Michigan did not cover for us last week against a bad Purdue team. So out of spite. I'm literally the last play of the game. It, oh, my God. It's so, <laughs> so bad. So out of it spite, I'm taking game. Penn State. Out of, out of spite, I am taking Penn State. This game will come down to a field goal, I guess. Because Michigan will win this game, but I will, uh, I will take Penn State out of principle, and uh, and it's a home game, which I always love. Alabama's going to Kentucky, uh, ten and a half. Yeah, this is a little bit of a tricky game. Alabama is coming off of a big win, a convincing win over LSU at home. Now they have to go play an early game at Kentucky. This makes you think that. Uh, Kentucky can kind of slide in there and do something here. Keep it close. I hate the number because I think that Alabama can go in there and win 28, nothing. I'm not entirely sure how good Kentucky is, but I have to stick to my guns here and stick with the, uh, with all of the trends. Kentucky has a sharp bet on them. Plus a, a flip situation where the money is trailing Kentucky. This could be, you know, 24-14 under the number. It's definitely not a game that I love. Alabama could look, overlook it a little bit, um, but I just don't know how good Kentucky is. But I'm going to take Kentucky with the points and hope that they hold on in some fashion. 
Yeah, I was surprised by this spread as well. The number, I, I think, is relatively low. We know Kentucky can play some good defense and run the football, but the teams that have bothered Bama have the dual-threat quarterbacks that chuck it down the field to the third level. Kentucky has none of that. So I'm a little surprised to see uh, how narrow that margin is. So uh, I do understand Bama hitting the road after that emotional high, but this team seems regalvanized, refocused. The offense is finally clicking. I think Bama can win this one comfortably by two touchdowns or more, even if it looks more like an early season run the ball, play defense kind of win for, for the Tide. So I'll take Bama. Yeah, I'm going to go Bama here as well. Gorney, you kind of hit it perfectly for me. I hate Bama in these road morning games. Um, but, I, I mean, Bama's been real hot, real good for me this year. Every time we do this show, um, and I'll have to just stick with the boys, but I would not be surprised if something bad happens out of this game. Uh, Texas Tech is going to Kansas, and it's only a three-and-a-half-point game. Yeah, this is one we were talking about off air is surprising. Um, again, I might be imploding here, but uh, I'm going to take Texas Tech. Uh, you know, there are just trends here that cannot be ignored. Uh, the, the money is following Tech. Fit their, The Red Raiders are 15-1 and one the last 16 times they've played Kansas straight up. They're 9-1 and one the last 10 times they've played Kansas at Kansas. Um and they're getting points. I just don't know why. There's this seems like such a bait that that Vegas is going to try to load people into Kansas and then make a lot of money on Texas Tech. So I'm going to take Tech. I think Kansas is a very good football team, a quality team, plays hard, all of those kinds of things. But every trend in the book is pointing to Texas Tech, and sometimes you just have to follow that. Or sometimes you just take the bait. And I will take that bait, and I'll double down on it as my lock of the week. This was the most shocking line. A lot of these lines this week made my eyebrows go up, but none more than this. Kansas at home, coming off of a strong stretch. Texas Tech has lost some weird ones over the last month. Um, I get the trends, but in terms of just this year, 2023 in a capsule, even with Jason Bean as the backup quarterback, that Kansas offense is rolling, and their defense is opportunistic, particularly in the secondary. And we know Tech wants to throw the football. So with all of that, I think Kansas can comfortably win this one. But, yeah, knowing me, block of the week, uh, Tech will win by double digits. But I will take the Jayhawks, especially at home. Again, surprising line. I'll take the bait. Let's go to Vegas. Yeah, uh, I didn't know what to do with this game. Uh, my gut's telling me to go Tech. So I'll I'll follow that line. And they're – they impressed me a lot early in the season. I know they're coming off a couple losses. I know they, they just beat – they just had a nice win last week, I think. It's an okay team, but I'll ride the high. But I know they're going on the road, but I'll take Tech um, with the points. All right, our favorite team. They're finally getting some respect out here. Arizona going to see Prime 10 points. Yeah, yeah, this is interesting one because Arizona is playing as good as they can be playing off of two big wins at home. So you wonder, do they have a lot left in the tank? Uh, that, I think, is the question. Uh, can they go on the road and deliver? And I say absolutely. Colorado is not a very good football team. Uh, they uh, Shador Sanders could hardly walk, and I'm not making a joke about that. He could hardly walk. Uh, he's getting injections left and right. The offensive line is terrible, so bad that Deion Sanders basically said he's going to the portal to get them. And he demoted a very, very talented play caller because in season one of a power five job, he's freaking out and doesn't know what to do. 
I'm taking Arizona. They can score. They can run it up here a little bit. I just don't know what, what Colorado has left. They can't run. The quarterback can't move. You know, they can throw it to Travis Hunter here and there. But again, they Colorado was a backdoor cover again last week against me, against Oregon State's defense, which was nauseating. Um, but I think Arizona can win this game 42-28. Yeah, everything Gorney said, certainly valid here. Um, look, the last two, I guess, national opportunities that Coach Prime has taken on his own team have been about Shador Sanders coming back next year and the O-line needing a total overhaul, much like we saw with that roster. This screams, you know, run the ball more, try new gadget plays, get another quarterback involved. I don't know. Something's funky in Colorado. Uh, you got to hop off that bandwagon, especially if it's only 10 points against the, not on this podcast, but everywhere else, kind of the most under the radar, hot Pac-12 team. That Arizona offense will absolutely roll against Colorado. Ten points, not scary enough to push me off the Wildcats. So uh, I think we'll sweep it for the Wildcats. Absolutely, you know my vote. I'm riding with Noah all the way till he proves me wrong. But they're they're so good. They're beating anyone. Um, even though last week I told uh, my rule was always take Colorado at home, and I guess that that rule should have stayed in play. But ain't no way they're ready for Noah and T Mac. And uh, it'd be actually kind of a fun matchup, though, T-Mac versus uh, Hunter. That, that's actually just like a unique one to watch all game as well. So, anyways, give me the Wildcats. Miami is going to Florida State. Pretty big line here. I know Miami kind of disappointed a little bit last week, but 14 and a half. Yeah, Miami's, uh, like John has said all year, very Jekyll and Hyde, much more whatever the bad one is. Is that Hyde, I guess, uh, or Jekyll? Uh, but they're they're not very good, uh, and Florida State is, and they're bringing in about 300 recruits to this game, which always says to me to take the home team. They're loading up to kick some ass and show all the kids that they're both teams are recruiting which one is better. But here we are again at Trends. This is a rivalry game, one of the best rivalries in all of college sports, and uh, seven out of 10 betters are on Florida state and the line is dropping. Vegas wants you to take Florida state, which means you take Miami. This is 28, 17 uh, written all over it. The other trend in this game is under has hit 10 of the last 12 times. These two teams have played, which means you always side. You always side with the, uh, team getting points. I hate it. I don't think they're very good. They're a mess. I don't know if Mario's on any hot seat yet, but there's certainly just some agitation about why nothing can work there. Shannon Dawson has done absolutely nothing to get the offense going. Uh, I'm going to take Miami. Yeah, this is this is one where you have to to read between the lines as much as possible. Miami plays well against these marquee opponents. They beat AM, they beat Clemson. You know, they they, they can rise up. But there's nothing else beyond those games that tells you Miami should compete at Florida State, as, as Gordy mentioned, with the type of recruit rollout uh, that, that we'll see in, in Doe Campbell Stadium. Um, that said, this is Miami, a Jekyll and Hyde up and down. We just don't know what we're going to get. And last week was a down Miami. So naturally, we think this week could be an up Miami. But we'll go with the human element and throw all that away and just go with Florida state. They're the, the more talented team. They got more to play for. They're at home, even though rivalries make things funky. And I could see Jordan Travis, maybe turning the ball over here. If he doesn't, I think FSU can roll and they're getting a little healthy at, at the receiver position, which they've, they've kind of been banged up 
uh, over the last few weeks. So I think FSU overwhelms Miami and can win it by more than 14 and a half. Yeah, I'm going to go FSU as well. I don't, I, I'm almost making a new rule. If Miami's on the road, I'm not taking them. They just seem like a whole different team. I mean, last week they just, it was just very blind. I, I like Gorney said though, like it's a big robbery and all that. Uh, I also kind of hate when teams bring recruits in because I feel like the coaches can get distracted because they're trying to get ready for the, the next classes and stuff. I know, um, I think actually that happened in Miami for us earlier this year. Like they brought all these recruits. I don't even think they did well in that game, but I'll play it safe. I hate the line at 14 and a half, but um, I, I just, I like Florida State more than I do Miami. Nice Pac-12 matchup here. Utah is going to Washington, nine and a half. Yeah, Utah four and one against the spread in their last five against uh, against Washington. I don't know if it matters though. Um, Utah can't really move the ball all that much. They uh, are sort of uneven on offense. I, I'm not crazy about it. They could probably muscle Washington up front, but Washington has some decent muscle as well. Uh, Utah's coming off that huge win over Arizona State, which even Kenny Dillingham admitted his team was not prepared to play. I don't get that at all. Multimillionaires are, you know, their one job is to prepare one football team to play one football game. And he goes to Utah and just gets absolutely embarrassed and smoked. But I'm, I sort of sense that Utah's not incredibly healthy still. Washington's going to run them around the field a little bit. The environment up there should be pretty great. Um, I, I never like betting against Utah, but this has a little bit of that Oregon game written all over it. I don't think it's going to be that much of a blowout, but Washington is a good football team and the speed might overwhelm Utah. I think Utah's defense is phenomenal. It has been all year, but I'm going to take Washington here because I think they're one of the top four teams in the country. Yeah, that's one of the co-sign retweets of the week for me with UAG. Um, if this was at Utah, maybe it creates more pause in, in the discussion, but let's not overthink this. Uh, single digits, uh, Washington's hot right now. That offense can't be stopped by, by anyone. So uh, even a good Utah team, I think they'll comfortably be able to get by. So give me the dogs. You said it best, John. If Utah was at home, it'd be a different story. But for now, we're rolling with Penix. Like, as I say, all year, keep quoting it every time. He's going for the Heisman. They're going to put up big numbers. And the only thing that would scare me is Washington's defense, but Utah's offense does not scare me. So, I'll, like you said, I'll take the single digits. Give me Washington. Tennessee is going to Missouri, and Missouri gets a point and a half. Yeah, this might have to be one of those games that no one makes a decision until they determine if Luther Burden is playing. Uh, he's questionable right now. Um, and so I, you know, this is, this is a tough game to pick. There's no real trends in this game. Both <clears throat> have been great against the spread in recent games. There's a sharp bet on Tennessee. Just, you know, basically the line is to win it. Um, I'm going to take Tennessee here. Missouri played well last week. They really did give it their all against Georgia and, and looked really, you know, really strong for a long time. Burden was a big factor in that Weiss, the back shoulder throw to Weiss is something that has been really working for them this year. But Tennessee is still not a slouch team. They've been, uh, you know, very good. They beat Kentucky soundly on the road. I think they go to Missouri. It's going to be a good game. It's going to be close. Could be high scoring. Um, we'll see if Burden plays. I think that would be a factor. But I'm going to take Tennessee on the road here. 
Yeah, this one reminds me of a few weeks ago. We had Missouri LSU in, in this shootout at Mizzou. I think this could be incredibly similar with Tennessee. Both offenses are balanced. Both have great receivers and quarterbacks that at times look really good and at times maybe not so much. So I think it comes down to those two, Cook versus Joe Milton. And even trying to pick between them feels really hard because Milton can run the ball a little bit more. Uh, but Cook at home, I think I'll, I'll give him the edge. Uh, he's been, I think, a little bit more consistent than Joe, and they rely on him a little bit less because they can run the ball a little bit better. So I'll take the Tigers, but, yeah, this is easily the toughest game to pick, a, a true pick them. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to go the Tigers here as well, kind of bet that bank that uh, Luther is going to play. Uh, Tennessee, every time I watch him, I always want more, and it frustrates me every time in Missouri at home with, with the crowd, Tennessee – like Gordon said, they're a very, very good football team, but I just always want more out of them, and I just don't know if they're going to have enough to handle the Tigers. So, what, what did Missouri. Mora what did Mora call Hypel on the handshake last week? A hole? It looked like a hole. I thought I thought it was a hole when he called him. And Hypel <laughs> laughed it off, but man, Jim Mora loves to get it fired up, huh? Always, always. Uh, move on. Uh, Old Miss going to Georgia, uh, ten and a half. Yeah, uh, this is another interesting game. Georgia has been bad against the spread. I think uh, two and six, if I'm not right, two, six and one, something like that. They've not been great. And this game is actually has a trend to go under. So um, that that becomes problematic, um, but leads you to think that Ole Miss can cover the number. The problem here is that Lane has even admitted this week that uh, he tightens up in big games. He said it, he did it in Alabama and they, they won, they pulled away. And I think Georgia is, uh, you know, slightly, if not convincingly better than Alabama. Uh, I think that that is the problem here. So I'm going to take Georgia. I think Ole Miss is good, but they've also won a ton of games by like three, seven, you know, they, they've just sort of sneaked by a lot of times. They have not seen a defense I think Texas A&M's defense, at least on the front, is as good, but as aggressive and on the road. So I'm going to take Georgia here. I might regret it just like I did last week when Missouri covered, um, but I think Georgia just has one of those games where, you know, it's a little bit of lane talking. It's a little bit of they're a top 10 team. This has a little bit more feel than what Missouri brought in there. So I think Georgia comes to play, and I'll take Georgia at home again, probably regret it. Yeah, I think that Missouri game has to be, you know, one of the wake-up calls for Georgia. The offense is playing as good as it has from a passing perspective, but the defense has kind of let us down a little bit, up and down over the last month or so. So this could be a get-right game for that side of the football. And, and you know how to stop Ole Miss. You got to stop Judkins. You got to stop Dart as a runner and make him one-dimensional. And if, if there's if that's known going into it, you got to trust Kirby Smart and, and that side of the, of the football staff. So I'll take Georgia here very close. But, yeah, I, I don't really trust Ole Miss in these scenarios, though those narrow wins make them a little bit more battle-tested all the same. But I'll still take Georgia here, all things even. Yep, it's a dog sweep for all of us. Give me Georgia. Um, they're just a good football team. I mean, I I'm, I don't love that offense. I mean, Beck's fine. I know he was a high recruit for us, but – Ten and a half is not that scary to me, um, even though I do like Ole Miss this year and, you know, always my rules, even though my rules, as Gorney said, is not looking very good right now with the with that two and six, whatever it is, against the spread. But I don't know. Georgia at home with that defense, um, 
is fine, but I, I hope it's I hope it's at least a fun game because I have a feeling it could be a big blowout. So. so we move on to West Virginia, Oklahoma, who frustrated me a lot last week as I was mostly frustrated the whole time as we were looking at our picks and watching the games. But anyways, Oklahoma 12 and a half. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they, they come off bedlam. Uh, they a disappointing performance down the stretch. And that call by Levy at the end was horrible. I mean, it's fourth and five. You run a little three yard out. What's he going to do? He has to catch the ball, turn, break a tackle, and then get two more yards. There are, there are about 500 plays that Oklahoma runs on offense that can get them five yards easily. Sometimes coaches just try to outthink themselves too much, but this is a situation where Oklahoma can get back, uh, get back on the, on the winning ways. They're, uh, five and zero straight up the last five times they've played West Virginia. They're back at home. Um, you know, the public sort of likes West Virginia here, but the line is staying even. I, there's no real trends there. I'm just going to take the fact that Oklahoma comes in upset and mad. They, Drake Stoops was asked if there's anything left to play for this year. He got a little upset about it and had a good answer. I'm going to take Oklahoma here. I think there's a little heat on Venables after that game last week. So uh, I'm going to take the Sooners at home in a, in a late game. If this was nine, if this was noon and they just kind of went through the motions, I'm not crazy about it. Late game. West Virginia is not a bad football team, but I think Oklahoma overwhelms. them. Yeah. At some point, Oklahoma has to get the this, this ship righted. Uh, they haven't played well in about a month. But like you said, AG, they're back home now. And, and now everyone's on alert. Like this nice early season run was maybe a surprise to some. And now they've come back down to earth. Typically, that's when teams, I think, resettle and, and get back to what they do. And conversely, West Virginia has been a great surprise all year, but pretty one dimensional. I just don't trust their ability to push the ball down the field. I think they're more of a Big Ten type team and that they want to run the football and control the line of scrimmage. Great in principle not great against a team that is bigger, stronger, faster than you. So I think this will be a little bit like that West Virginia Penn state game early in the season. And I won't fall for it twice. I'll take Oklahoma lay in the 12 and a half. Yep. I'll go the Sooners. I almost had to do a spike game, but I just can't. They're at home. The line's not too, too bad. Um, and I always think Oklahoma's a pretty good football team. I mean, they really proved me wrong at the beginning of the year, but I'll, I'll keep riding them. They'll have a proven game and, We'll move on. Michigan State going to Ohio State. Massive number. I didn't even realize this. 31 and a half. Yeah, this is interesting. Ohio State's been 5-0 and ATS the last five times they've played Michigan State. Um, but this number is just a lot. Um, it is a night game. Every trend is in Ohio State's favor, though. Sharp bet, money flip, and ATS. So... I think Michigan State comes in and plays with a lot of pride, and I'm not crazy about this Ohio State offense. I think they have all the tools except an elite quarterback to get it all around the field. So I'm just not crazy about numbers this high because it could go south. I mean, 49-10 doesn't cover it. No, yes, it does. 49-21 cover it. So I, Ohio State just doesn't score points fast anymore, but this reeks of 35 nothing. Uh Michigan State's offense is is nothing. The the you think that they can pound it? They're 232nd in rush yards. They're 136 in pass yards. It's probably 28 nothing at halftime, 38 nothing at the end of the game. I don't love it. It's an ugly game, but I'll take Ohio State. Yeah, look, Ohio State has been 
you know, the number one team in the playoff rankings. And a lot of people kind of like you just said, Gordon, a lot of people just look at that and say, well, they've been winning, but it doesn't look that great. So if there was ever a game for Ryan Day to run it up and, and, you know, put a little stank on it, it might be this one at home against a truly inferior opponent, both on the field and obviously off the field as well. So I think they can cover this. It is a huge number. Normally in conference, 30 plus is a no go, but I think, all of those scenarios put together, Ohio State doesn't pull those starters as early as maybe they normally would. They do try to get, you know, a 40-something to seven kind of win uh, just to prove a point to maybe some doubters even in, in, in the college football playoff uh, committee uh, as well. So I think OSU big and the number as scary as it is, I'll take because I think Michigan State is that bad. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you guys. I'm going to go Ohio State here. The bet I actually like, which you kind of touched on, Gordy, is for me, I have 47 and a half as the over-under, and I really like the over more than anything in this game because I have a weird feeling that Michigan State's going to do something goofy and they're going to put like some weird points on here and there, and that line's just going to be hard to uh, just release the over-under. Like, Ohio State's definitely got to cover this game no matter what, um, but I just have a weird feeling that I feel like with 31 and a half and the total only being 47 and a half, I feel like. Maybe maybe I'm just getting caught in something, but uh, I, I like that a lot more than anything. So, yeah, I mean, Michigan State has given up more points than uh, than Indiana this year. I'm I'm sorry, the only team that has given up more points is Indiana in the Big Ten East, and and Ohio State's defense hasn't even given up 100 points all season yet. So, I I just think this can get ugly. You think Michigan State comes out and plays great defense? They don't really. So I'm just taking Ohio State. I'm going to Ohio State, too. Oh, man. One of my top dreaded teams to ever bet right now. Almost two of them right here. Florida is going to LSU 14. (laughs) Ah, Florida LSU, yes. I forgot about this one. Um, Let me get to it. Let me see what the trends are so I could – how many Florida teams are there? Jesus. Yeah, take the over in this game. Uh, You know, LSU's defense has not been great. Florida. Florida might be able to score some points here. I think they got a little embarrassed by Arkansas last week. So, um, you know, Arkansas has has lost games by like three and four points all year long. Then they come to the swamp. And I think it was the first time Arkansas has ever beaten them there. So this is, a, again, a rivalry game. Fun to watch. I think it goes up and down a little bit. Um, but LSU got embarrassed a little bit too last week. I think they kind of swagged into Tuscaloosa thinking that Jane Daniels could run around and do whatever he wanted to do, and that didn't happen. So um, if I had to bet a side, I would take LSU at home. I just don't know how motivated or good Florida really is. Um, I would take LSU coming off of that loss back at home, night game, Death Valley. Uh, They say it smells like whiskey on the field there because people tailgate so long during the day and then yell down that uh, I think Florida might need a few drinks by the end of this one. I'm going to take LSU. Uh, and the over. Yeah, Florida has looked uh, overwhelmed by teams that are at par or better than them from a talent perspective. And I think this is after Georgia, probably the biggest gap we'll see until they play Florida State. Um, it looks like Daniels is going to play uh, after taking that that uh, concussive hit uh, last week. Um, and he was rolling before that, really. I mean, he was – there has not been one game where he has looked um, – slightly above average. He's looked elite just about every time. And this Florida defense is certainly not the best that that he's faced 
all year. So I think LSU can can run this one up. Although, as Gorney said, this is a sneaky rivalry. I mean, you talk to people down in this this part of the country, and Florida LSU is is a thing. It, it's a sneaky rivalry that that hovers below the obvious one. So that could maybe help things stay close. But at LSU at night, I mean, all the benefit of the doubt should go to the Tigers so long as Daniels plays. And I think he will. And he's got a, a Heisman to continue to compete for. So I, I think that matters as well. Yeah, I'm going to go LSU here too. Gordon, I thought you actually said it right with like the swagger thing that LSU did last uh, last week with Alabama because I was thinking when I was watching that game, they clearly did not listen to our podcast and how <laughs> Alabama is going to be really mad and they're going to put up some numbers because last year they felt like they got embarrassed. And uh, and they – they proved they proved us right, thankfully. But yeah, I'm gonna go LSU here. Um, you guys made all the right points, and it's just 14. I don't think is that bad, even though Florida will probably prove me wrong as they do every single week we do this. But you know, we got to close out with our also our favorite team to bet. We actually got it right last week. I almost threw a parade for us that we picked the right game. But uh, USC is going to Oregon. Um, I don't know why 14 and a half kind of surprised me. I, I don't know why, but it definitely felt, surprised felt me. High. Yeah, felt high. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the question now is, is USC better off without a defensive coordinator than Alex Grinch as the defensive coordinator? And I will say yes. Um, I think they rally around Sean Newen, Brian Odom. There was a, there was a video that I saw this week and I don't know the context of it, but Grinch was talking to the team and then went to huddle up and, and go, okay, one, two, three, go. And none of the players did it with him. They somehow did not like him. The defense was far too complicated apparently so let the let the athletes go out there and play a little bit on the flip side of that dan lanning came out this week and said that they play seven on seven football at usc which is true i mean absolutely true seven on seven is fun it scores points um so this feels like the oregon colorado game earlier this year where colorado came in thought they were going to win then got blown off the field. But I think USC could actually play some good football here. You know, um, that, that's a lot of points. Even if they lose 42-28, it still covers. They might lose 63 to nothing. Knowing USC and how they've reacted over the years to any sort of issues or problems, they fold. Um, but I think this kind of goes back and forth. I like the over in the game because USC is not going to be able to fix all of their problems in one week. Um, and Oregon is going to look to score a lot. So I like the over in the game, but I but I think USC can score too. So I'm going to take USC on the road, and I might really regret it. Yeah, the over seems like easily the most comfortable bet to to actually take in this one. But but like you said, how much can you change in a week now, especially with the circumstances? Right, your your Heisman quarterback. It, it seems like that was like the last push right it was uh, maybe for the whole team last week it seemed like they emptied the tape they ran the play of the year and that delayed reverse throwback pass um you know even offensively it it just looked like this was kind of the last hurrah of that feel for usc and obviously to make the coaching change so sometimes that galvanizes you we we see it even at the pro level and we look at the raiders in the nfl they looked a lot different after getting rid of the coach um so maybe that helps early but I think as the game goes on, Oregon, it's just they present too much for this defense. USC can get after the passer, but Oregon can run the football. Um, if they make Oregon one-dimensional and load up the box, we know Bo Nix can, can chuck it to Franklin and, and Tess Johnson and those guys. So it just seems like no matter what USC can throw, I think Oregon can counter 
very successfully. And when Dan Lanning kind of goes off the path a little bit, I kind of like Oregon more. We Like you said, we saw that at the Colorado week. He's talking some crap this week, too. I think it means the tape and, and the preparation has felt really good. So I think Oregon, again, especially at home, can cover this number, though I, I too, was surprised at how high it was. I thought it would be nine, nine and a half, maybe ten, um, but 14 and a half, not the best number. I don't love that hook, but I think Oregon treats this as another statement game, and, and they've obviously still got a lot to play for. I'm going to go with you, Gorney. I'm going to regret this, but I'm going to go SC. Even though I was going to say Lanning is becoming one of my favorite coaches because I feel like he's the people's choice. He says exactly what everyone's thinking, but he's bold enough to say it because everyone all year has been saying they're just like a seven-on-seven team, and he's the only one that's actually he will actually say it. So I respect that. But, uh, you know, SC, I think um, some guys at the are uh, on our SC site said that I think it, this game matters for, like, bowl game purposes, obviously. So they're going to come in hot. So I always kind of like when the uh, like with them getting rid of the with Grinch, the, all the new coaches are coming in. Like, so the players might play hard for their guys. They they kind of got the bump. I don't know. I mean, Oregon will win this game by like fourteen and a half for SC to cover, and maybe the defense with all the guys trying to play for. I think it's like Odom and it's uh they be like yeah Nua. yeah. So hopefully they kind of play hard for their guys and just keep it close. And um, uh, fourteen and a half is. I'll take it, but I'll yeah. probably send a really mean message to Gorney saying you trap. <laughs> the the <laughs> last thing that USC wants is to go to the Sun Bowl in El Paso because Oof. the last time they were there, and this is only a rumor, but the last time we're there, Lane Kiffin wore sunglasses on the sidelines because uh, he might have smashed his face off of a garbage can near an elevator. But I don't know if that could <laughs> be true. That might be true. I don't know. We will see. But – Lincoln Riley and does not want to take this team to El Paso. So they have a lot to play for. We'll be kind of near there, Gorney, if they make that game. Cause, uh, it's yeah, it's right like 18 the, uh, hours drive away. You ever drive across Texas? No, it's, it's, it's near the uh, all American game in San Antonio. It's, it's yeah, San Antonio drive. to El Paso is probably like a day's drive. Is it oh, awful? Well, shows, shows why I, I chose, a, chose a career in sports and not. <laughs> <laughs> Um, before we go to the lock of the week, I do have to ask you guys, cause it's my favorite take, even though I didn't throw it on the budget is Rutgers is going to Iowa and I want to see you guys takes on the over under at 28. <laughs> what, yeah. what, what is going, I think I saw a stat somewhere. I wish I could quote whoever it was but like Iowa, like has covered or like has the lowest score games. Like of any, it was like some crazy stat that Iowa has, but I love every week looking at that Iowa the over under, and it just blows my mind that it, it gets lower. At yeah. some point, it's going to be like one point. Like who could score first? Win yeah, <laughs> can someone score? Yeah, can someone score? That's that's what's interesting. Um, but what's it? What's really interesting about this game, honestly, is that Rutgers was leading Ohio State at halftime last week. Uh, yeah. Then Ohio State woke up and played, but they can kind of score here a little bit. So. Uh, 31 against Indiana and 27 against Michigan state and 35 against Virginia tech, which is a halfway decent football team. So they're, they're not the Rutgers of old, but they're still Rutgers. Um, the interesting thing here is that the under has hit 13 of the last 16 times in this game and five of the last six unders, uh, has hit under in Iowa's last six games. So, I don't know this. If it's what is it? Twenty eight. I got twenty eight on the office. Yeah, this could be seventeen ten, one way or another. I actually think 
I like the under. As John gives his take, I'm going to check the weather report because that's obviously <laughs> important. I actually you know think I'm going to ask Not a bad <laughs> football team. So I'm taking the under. I'm taking the under. Anytime you think the under is too low, it's not low enough. So take it. Yeah, this is uh, this is unbelievable. In the day and age of we just talked about seven on seven football and guys who can take over, you know, individually at any position. Just amazing to see uh, a team uh, really not only have its own low expectations, but certainly gravitationally pull the other team towards the under every single week. Um, like Courtney said, you know, Gavin Wimsett and Rutgers can score a little bit. You know, they, they turn it over a lot, too. Uh, so you take that from from what you will. Uh, but their defense is OK. It's a decent defense. And that's all you need to stun the Iowa Hawkeyes. So um, if you got that weather, Gorney, fire it at me. But if there's any kind of snow, if it's in Piscataway, we get some turns of snow. Beautiful day, ah. 53, a mild breeze, 10 miles an hour. Nothing nothing really to, to think that it's going to be bad, other than no one thinks they're going to go in there and try and score points. This is going to be, I think this is going to be one of those Big Ten field position games. Could go over late. Ah, God, I just feel like 17-10, one way, 14-10, something like that, one way or another. I, I, I don't really love either side here because – Rutgers on the road has not been able to score, but Iowa can't score at home. So I'm taking the under. I was going to ask really quick. I know this has been a long topic for us, but if it, it let's pretend it did snow. It, what is the over under then? What's your guys' guess? If it's See, 28, a what? 11. Everybody <laughs> thinks that when it, when it's weather, you take the under, but it, the offense has the advantage in weather situations because they know what they're doing and the defense has to react to it and the defense can't. So, I'd actually think it would be higher if it snowed, which even makes me think that it's going to go under even more because it's going to be a nice day. Dang. I know uh, Arizona and Iowa under is definitely our uh, our podcast locks. or that, That's how you make the money, I guess. That's what we're finding out. All right, we'll wrap up the show with locks of the week. Uh, John, you picked Kansas, right? Kansas. Kansas. What is up with that line? Yes. Gordon, do you want to go? Or do you want me to start it? Yeah, Corey, go ahead. So I'm going to go with the – I'm riding my James Madison picks. They are at home against UConn, a 1-8, and 9-0 James Madison, 25-and-a-half. is a little high for a lock of the week, but I don't think it's that scary. Um, but I love them at home, and they're a really good football team, and I know they're trying to get out of – they want a waiver to try to play a bowl game and all that, so – they're definitely going to keep proving the why they should be in bowl games. And UConn is just not a very good football team and they're not ready for the James Madison, wherever they are. Even though the mascot is Dukes. Dukes. Thank you. Not ready for the Dukes. All right. What, I'm sure you're going to prove me wrong about that James Madison pick right now. <laughs> All right. Here, let, let me paint a picture for you here. Air Force played Army last week and. One of my locks of the week was the Air Force Army under. And after 12 minutes in the game, it was 17-0 Army, even though I think they were like 18.5-point underdogs. And then at halftime, it was 23-3. to And there could literally not have been a touchdown scored in the entire second half for it not to go over. There were no points scored in the entire second half. It was 23-3 to final. It was phenomenal. Air Force could not move the ball against Army. They were embarrassed at West Point. Oh, no, actually, the game was in 
Colorado. It was home. I picked that Yeah, game. it was home. Embarrassed. And I'll tell you one thing. You don't embarrass the United States military, boy. <laughs> because they're going to Hawaii this weekend, and they're about to lay a big, big number on the rainbows. If you catch what I'm saying there. This is a team that runs the ball like crazy. Army figured them out because service academies could figure each other out. Okay. They're still averaging 5.1 yards per attempt. They've run for 27 touchdown passes. On the flip side, Hawaii gives up 4.7 yards per attempt and has given up 21 rushing scores, only has four themselves. Hawaii can throw the ball. That's nice. Air Force stops the throw. Only 157 yards per game. And let me just remind you, it's going to be 18-mile-an-hour winds on the islands on Saturday afternoon, which means they're not going to be able to throw the ball. We've all been there. We've experienced wind in Hawaii. Hawaii seems like a beautiful place, but it's constantly windy there, constantly, and wind is terrible. Air Force big, 19 points. This is a 42-7 game. Air Force rebounds after an embarrassment to Army last week. Yeah, you're telling me, man. That's my lock of the week. I, 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 I came in. I didn't know where to find on TV or whatever. I turned it on, and I think you said it was 17 nothing. I was like, forget it. Just yeah. forget it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, all right. Well, I guess we'll wrap up another week here at the Mush. Corey Gibson, Adam Gorney, John Garcia Jr. I hope we give you guys a little bit more picks this week. Maybe you get a little bit above 500 better than we always have been. Anyways, like, subscribe, comment. I'll try to ask the experts before we start the show. Your guys' questions, comments, or concerns. Anyways, see you guys next week. Thanks, guys.